Happy Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. Oh my gosh. Right now, each day is a reminder of how how, how much I still have left to, to get done. <laughs> and I feel like the list keeps growing. Anyway, good morning, Chris, or good afternoon to you, friend. It's good to have you on here. Um, I asked Vince to jump on with me because I knew that he would have plenty to say this morning about what it is that we are going to be talking about. On Wednesday for Unedited Chats, we talked about taking position or you know what it means to be positioned anyway. And um, and today I want to talk about forfeiture of position because I think that this this could potentially be even more important to understand how do we forfeit position? It, because if we don't understand that, then we won't hold position when it's been given to us. And and just a quick rundown on the the simple things that that we do to forfeit position is grumbling, right? <laughs> we grumble and that takes us out of the game. We are we're easy to take out when we start grumbling and 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 forget to to display to put gratitude on display. Apathy. Apathy is a big one. When you put apathy on display and you allow it to become the leading lady, so to speak, you take yourself out of position. Character issues. This is huge. I don't even need to tell you why it's so huge. You're smart people. Good morning, Lisa. Oh my gosh, you guys, it's only so many more days before we get to see her. I'm so excited. Anyway, um, character issues. We we really need to take this this seriously. We need to allow Holy Spirit to develop sharp character in us. Sin issues, for obvious reasons, will take you out of position. It will cause you to forfeit your position. And the huge one is disobedience. And I said to Vince before we got on here, is like, I I don't know when when obedience became optional. And, and he said, yeah, me either because of his military training. And, um, and I, I, it's just never been, and I'm not saying that, that I don't slip up in, in, into disobedience at times, but I don't willfully <laughs> set aside my assignment to, to do something else. It's just not in me. And, and I realize that some of us just kind of innately have more of a draw to standing and holding the line. And, and that's fine. I understand that also, that some of us have more drive than, than others and um, because of the call that's on our lives. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about willful disobedience that causes us to forfeit our position. And I'm reminded of um, something that Rebecca King had said a few weeks ago on the um, British Isles Council of Prophets. She barely even had a voice because she had been doing a conference that whole week. And and it was early morning that they were on and, and she sounded awful. I mean, anybody would have told her like, maybe you should sit this one out. And I think that she considered it, but Holy Spirit just simply said, do not give up your seat. And that's what I want us to hear when we are wavering in between, ah, oh, do I actually want to follow through with this thing? Do I, maybe I don't, because we can convince ourselves like, nah, it's really not that important. Like, I'll tell you very honestly, two of you on on a Friday. Yes, Anne-Marie, it is like double portion Friday. It's fine. Uh, last day of June, we had to go big. Um, Total last my train of thought. Um, <laughs> Anne Marie distracted me. 
uh, this morning concerning this. I was like, I don't really have anything to say, you know, like, eh, I don't really need to get on and do this. I could just put a simple little note up and tell the people, see you in a couple weeks. <laughs> and that's how this whole topic came about because God started talking to me about forfeiting position. And I was like, I hear you. Okay, we're doing this thing. And so then I drew friends into it. <laughs> if I have to go, someone's going with me. <laughs> So Vince, jump in on this. Share your heart. What is it that that God is saying to you? Which, by the way, you guys, he's had about 15 minutes. (laughs) I was was just going to say, it drawn somebody else in about 30 minutes ago. But you know what? As soon as I saw the message, my my first response was just simply yes. Yeah. Uh, Whenever opportunity comes up uh, like this to to be able to put Jesus on display, I'm going to say yes. so I'm not going to give up an opportunity to to hold position um, when it's presented and um, and just trust the uh, Holy Spirit to, to come through and say something. But this, this topic, forfeiture of position, um, it, it's it's interesting because you're talking about obedience not being optional. Uh, 20 years in the army, o- obedience is an optional. You're given uh, orders and, uh, outside of those being, uh, something that violates the law, you don't have options. Uh, uh, it it is, you go and do it. And if, if that is something that's given to you, if you delegate that, that's fine, but you still hold the responsibility of that thing being accomplished or, or, uh, the consequence of not. And, um, and thinking about the word forfeiture in there, uh, and, and position, I was not willing to forfeit or give up voluntarily uh, a position that in that regard, I'd worked hard for. It, when we think about um, the more serious nature of position given to us by God and and what you're talking about with obedience to Holy Spirit, um, that's not something you earn. That That's something that God knows who it is that he's calling you as and, and and what it is he's setting before you. He knows that in his strength, he's going to use you to accomplish that. And he's going before you. And so um, knowing all these things, believing all these things and really wrapping yourself around that. um, I I don't, I don't know why you would forfeit your position and, and and the, the definition of forfeiture just doesn't do justice to it because it talks about uh, something lost or given up as a penalty for fault or mistake. Uh, mm. Talks about something confiscated as a penalty for an offense or a breach of contract. And, and in this case, it's more of of what we're talking about is more of an abdication of of just simply saying I'm I'm giving it up. I don't want to do it. And and, and the, through the various means that you talked about with with complaining, uh, apathy. Um, it just takes you out. It is, it is a choice to say, I'm not going to do this. And this apathy, grumbling, complaining, all these things are, are totally counter to what we get to do in the face of the things that we have opportunity to grumble and complain about. Mm -hmm. We get to choose joy. We get to choose to worship Jesus in the face of all those things. 
And, and I don't want to give that up. I don't want to, I don't want to give the enemy opportunity to uh, take me out through something silly. And, um, and regardless of the position you're given, you should not want to give that up. And when you see these things happening, you should be running to Holy Spirit to say, ah, what's going on? This is coming up. I, I need, I need help here. And, and just uh, getting into that because I, I, I'm not willful disobedience and, and, and just completely being rebellious um, is something that I have operated in before and many years ago. And, and looking back on that in my willful disobedience or rebellion to uh, authority uh, and parents being one of them, I, I can see how that hurt them. I, I can see, um, what that did to me and how it, it really changed the way I would think and the mindsets I carried into things and um, the way I would operate and act and, and the behaviors that came out of that. And, and it's, it's nothing that you want to try and come back from because it's much more difficult to, to try and turn around from that than it is to get into it. Not to say that it can't be done, you know, we, we've seen and read about miracles, you know, uh, Paul's transition in three days is, is something to, uh, to to really marvel at and and know that that's, that's possible. Um, but that's not everybody's journey. We know that. And so um, willfully forfeiting the position God has given you is is something we just shouldn't dabble in. And we have to look at our heart posture of obedience first and foremost, because if you're not being obedient and you think that that's optional, uh, then there's going to be a lot of problems. Yeah. Yeah. And do we even know when we're, when we're being disobedient? That, that's, that's the thing that, that I know is difficult for people. And you brought up um, opportunity presenting itself, like me asking you 30 minutes in advance to hop on here. And, and you've seen that as an opportunity that, that aligns with the position God has you in. And, and that's what we need to know. We need to know what is the call? What is the assignment that God has us on right now? So that when opportunity presents itself, it's a quick yes. We know that that is, that's God presenting an opportunity to expand us, to put him on display in, in a new and, and maybe brighter way than we had before. And so many of us are caught in this turmoil of, I don't know if it's God's will for me to hop on in 30 minutes. Well, because you don't have a clear understanding of what your assignment is right now. And, and I would venture to say you don't want to have a clear understanding of what your assignment is right now because you enjoy being caught up in that wishy-washiness of, uh, you know, don't be the damsel in distress when you can be a priest or a king. This is going to be the thing that I say from here on out. Don't be this when you can be 
mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a king or a priest. It's what God has called us to do. And so if you don't know what your assignment is very clearly, then you're going to turn down things that, that God is putting before you. And then you're going to be the one grumbling like oh, opportunity never presents itself. That's untrue. Opportunity is always presenting itself. You just don't have a clear understanding of your assignment and you're turning things down that God is gifting you. And and so we, we just really need to sharpen our understanding of what it is that God is calling us into and, and notice like you should be able to smell that thing coming from a mile away. Oh my gosh, like I'm ready. Here we go. Right? Like even in spiritual attacks that that we undergo, we need to understand that that's a cover up. Spiritual attacks come to cover something up. You know, the, the, the demonic realm isn't stupid. They know more than you do. They are more clear on scripture than you are. And so we just need to be, we need to understand what's going on around us. If, if there is nothing but turmoil around you, you need to dig a little deeper and understand what's the cover up. What is it that I'm missing out on because I'm distracted by the turmoil, right? And so years ago, that this is something that, that God had taught me is because I, by nature, am more timid and would be way more willing to turn something down than to, to receive it and run with it. I remember at the last church that we were at, the first time that um that the the pastor at the time and at this at this point I'm just an attender right like I am I am not wanting to be seen I am not wanting to be heard we had come out of a a, a painful church scenario and um and uh and so I I'm kind of hiding out at this point and I go to a small group I finally like I'm like okay I will I will do more than just show up on Sundays I'll be a part of a small group and, um, and after one of those small groups, um, <clears throat> the pastor had come up to me and he's like, do you ever teach? And I was like, no, I've only ever been a children. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and he's like, man, it's just like when you open your mouth to say things, you know, this is what I experienced. And it really was the first time that, that somebody had ever said something like that to me. And I thought, oh my gosh, like, Jesus, what's going on here kind of thing. Well, it was, it was probably within the month that I was invited to teach on a Sunday morning. This had never happened. I had never, I had been very faithful in the children's ministry, but I had never been invited to teach on a Sunday and, or like for the, the, the adult congregation, shall I say. And um, <laughs> I taught every morning, but <laughs> um, so, so in that opportunity, everything in my flesh wanted to fight against it. And I, I remember leading up to it. I even, this is how far I went, you guys. I was like, I'm not doing it by myself. Like, um, somebody want to partner up with me and do this. And, and they were, they were willing to work within my timidity. And, um, so, you know, I was partnered up to teach with, um, the pastor's wife and, and I, um, and I was scared to death. I mean, I was so scared. I was up all night long coming up with excuses why I could not attend church that day. I know this is how bad it was. (laughs) And, um, I went, don't worry, 
I went. And um, and the thing is, is like God knows what he's doing. Like He knows us inside and out. He knows every part of us intimately. And so we don't have to be afraid. And um, I can tell you that I did it afraid. I did it with all of my timidity showing and all of my shakiness, but I did it. And the thing is, is it, it turned out fine. But um, we, we, we have to be able to seize the opportunities that God is putting before us, no matter how we feel about it. So many times we reject the opportunity that God is like, you want to be ham fed by God? Say yes. You know? Like he promises, seek first the kingdom and all of these other things are going to be added to you. But we don't ever get to experience that because we never offer him our yes. He will be with you every step of the way. And so yours is just to tell him yes when the opportunity arises. And you don't really have to be worried about being out of the Lord's will. Okay, like I'm going to I'm going to clear the air on that one. You're out of the Lord's will when you are in disobedience. When you aren't saying yes to the next opportunity, you are outside of the Lord's will. When you aren't doing things with bravery and courage, you are outside of the Lord's will. When you are forfeiting your position, you are outside of the Lord's will. Let's stop playing around there because saying yes to opportunities that put Jesus on display is fully within the Lord's will, okay? So let's stop playing with that area and making it like this weird thing (laughs) that that nobody can bring any kind of definition to uh, because we're just using it as, I don't know if that's God's will for my life. Please. I've used that. Numerous times, but I, I I have the same question. Why test that? Why why use that as a, a test for God to show up? Because that's basically what we're doing. I don't know if it's God's will, um, so that keeps us from stepping out and showing ownership uh, of of holding on to. Okay, this is my role. I have a responsibility in that. I, I, I'm put on assignment right now and I'm going to step out and own it and, um, and, and say, yes. Uh, the thing though, that, that we have seen more times than, than I want to a- admit is that, uh, people will say yes. And then there is zero follow through. Yeah. So you can say yes all day long. And that is, that is the absolute first step that you need to take, but, but let that forward momentum carry you into follow through, let that yes, carry you into that, that follow through. And we talk about not doing it scared. We uh, talked about this on on a Monday morning, a few weeks back. and, And I think we talked about it on a Wednesday too, of, of not doing it scared. Uh, when Abraham took Isaac up on the mountain, he did not demonstrate being scared, uh, but at the same time there for, for us. And like what you're talking about that first time we were getting up to teach on this Sunday morning, there, there is, there is a, a, a fear there because it's, it's unknown to us and yeah. it's uncomfortable. And if you don't get out and 
and exercise your gifts in a real world practical uh, demonstration, you are never going to get to a point of confidence in your gifts because you can read about your gifts. You can listen to somebody else talk about spiritual gifts, but until you get out there and use them, the things that God has placed inside of you, there's, there's not a a, a real uh, faith that, that it's going to work. And you can say you have faith that it will, but you have to actually like show up and use the thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think that that is a big part of, of this. Um, when we talk about uh, forfeiture of position, um, if we are saying yes, but not following through, that's just another uh, thing that happens where we we're giving it up. You might as well be grumbling and complaining about the thing and just not saying yes in the first place. Um, and, and, and you're talking about smelling these things coming. We should be able to, to see these opportunities coming. It, it, it was so funny because about 30 minutes before you asked me to be on this morning, I was thinking and considering uh, the position, uh, just the word, hearing the word or reading the word Abba this morning, mm. uh, father. I, I was considering the, the, the position that I had. And it was funny because the word position was used in, in this consideration in my mind about being a dad and a grandpa mm. and, and how, how much I, I, I would, I love that position. And I would never give that up uh, because I, I care so much for the people that God has given me in my life to, to be a dad, to, to be a grandpa, to, and, uh, so yeah, I should have smelled this coming. <laughs> and, and so it's easy when, when you say, um, hey, you want to be on this morning? Yes. Here's what we're talking about. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, I, I, my mind is already moving in that direction this morning and, and and thinking about what it means to to be given position, to to say yes, to follow through, to um even if I am scared, I'm still going to go do it uh, and, and still get out there and, and, and not look at the, the role I've been given, the responsibilities within that and, and the assignments that come along uh, with my calling and, and not say yes and not jump into that and, and know that like I, I'm, I am equipped to do this thing. And, and if, if I'm not equipped, I, I, I am getting equipped with every single step into the assignment that, that I'm given. Yeah. And, and sometimes that's, that's hard to, that's hard to, to say yes to, mm-hmm. because we want to, we want to have all the answers. We want to have everything lined out. We want to have all of our, our, our ducks in a row. And that's just not the way God operates all the time. Yeah. Uh, not to say that he doesn't ever, but that, that's not always how it operates. And, and talking about the, the church we came out of that, that is how they set up new church plants is they have to have all the ducks in a row. Everything has to be lined out before <laughs> you can launch. Sorry. That's we made a mess of that. We, we, 
we didn't even we didn't even look at that. We didn't even consider that. It was here we go, off we go. Because yeah. God's called, we're saying yes, and we are we are actually going to follow through with this and, and step out. And, and it, it's just been an incredible thing to uh, see the position given and, and then to to seize it and take hold of it and and, and watch what God has done. Yeah. And, and and watch all the things that we have uh, stepped our, our, our foot into to say, okay, God's taken us in this direction. Okay, we're going to go do that. Okay, that that it suddenly gets cut off at a certain point, but there was a reason for it. We can look back and we can pull out uh, the thing God wanted us to to learn from that. And, and so it's fun to yeah. to to be able to look at that, and, and it's a great. Uh, illustration of taking hold of position. Mm -hmm. um, were there times of grumbling and complaining in there? Yes. And we can, we can look at those and learn what happens there and how it stalls Yes, and, and, and slows things down and gets you stuck. And, and we wind up uh, uh, seeing things like uh, uh, how you've described being tethered. Yeah. We, we need to cut the tethers off. Uh, being described as like, like attached to a bungee cord where you get out so far and then that thing yanks you back. Yeah. Well, if, if you are looking at, at, at everything God has, has positioning you for and, and really taking hold of that, the bungee cords are going to go, they're going to get cut and, and severed yeah. and they're not going to be a, a, an issue. Not to say things are, aren't going to come up because we're never going to say that this life is easy. Mm -mm. And we're never going to tell you that it's going to be without challenge or, or difficult or things aren't going to come up because they are. However, there is a, a provision of, of strength for you. There is a pr provision of endurance and, and a, a resoluteness to to say, this is who I am. This is who God says I am. That's it. That's who I am. And I'm going to keep moving forward with him. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, so um, Anne Marie and Chris are asking like questions here. If it's to lift up the name of Jesus, your answer should be yes. I'm going to say yes to that. Like, <laughs> you can't go wrong if if the opportunity is is lifting Jesus high, making much of Him, putting Him on display. What we need to keep in mind is that He is the desire of the nations. And so when we can put him on display in fullness, we need to seize that opportunity. It's why we are here is to make much of Jesus. And then Chris is saying, so it is okay to say no, if you know, it's not your assignment at the time. Absolutely. Use wisdom. You guys, what we're talking about is, is using your weakness as an excuse to say no, <laughs> like yeah. we're not, we're not going to do that anymore. Right? Like we're not going to do that anymore. We are not going to abdicate our position because we do this all the time. And I think that what what gets in our way the most is we don't actually want to be seen in fullness because then we're accountable to a new position. And I know that that, that was part of my, my area of weakness is I didn't actually want to put myself on display as fully as God was wanting to. And, and I mean, like the things that he called me to beyond that one Sunday morning, just, I mean, it was like a rocket ship. I mean, it just became opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And he kept up in the ante. He's like, and now I want you to do this. And, and I'm going to tell you this story too, because it's just a fun, phenomenal story. You know, I, I've known that I'm a, I've, uh, I'm a prophet 
for a long time. God told me that. Did I know what that meant? Absolutely not. I, um, I, but I can look back even to my childhood and understand the call that has been on my life. So after, you know, probably a year of, of teaching at different times on Sunday mornings in the adult room, um, <laughs> I know, I know big stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, God had set me up big time. We were doing like this um, baptism deal on a Sunday and, um, and, and God starts asking me and I was teaching, I was going to be teaching this Sunday. So I had all the opportunity to put on display what it was that he was asking me to do. And, um, and, and God was just asking me to one, make an announcement that the, the college students needed to stick around for the summer instead of going home, like make plans now to stick around for the summer because you don't want to miss out on what it is that God is doing here during the summertime. And, and then the other thing was to, to anoint our, our pastor, um, as an apostle. God, who am I to do that? I'm just little, like you know, all these things that I was, I was coming up with all these excuses and I was even going to people like fully expecting them to be like giving me permission to like, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> that sounds crazy. And, um, and, and so I started playing with fleeces. <laughs> I was like, I've seen this done before. And I'm going to give it a go. Lisa would be proud. Is she on here? Lisa, are you on here? Are you even listening? <laughs> um, so, you know, I lean into my inner Gideon and I am like, because I am really struggling. I, at this point, I have nobody backing me down on this thing. And God is still going, I want you to do this. And, um, and it's very much a prophetic act. He's, he's actually asking me to step into. So it's not just making an announcement and anointing somebody in their call, but he's also asking me to step in fully to being a prophet in this moment. And I am scared out of my mind. And it had everything to do with me not wanting to be that big. Did you like the fleece? I know you will. You love fleeces. Felisa. <laughs> anyway. Felisa. <laughs> hilarious the night before and and you know i'm also having to plan a teaching around this whole thing and it's a teaching on baptism and so and and that's the other thing where he's like wanting me to announce that he's the sin collector and and i know my crowd so i know that this is going to be like something that they're they're not completely comfortable with in just the, the fact that jesus was the sin collector and that Anyway, I won't get into that. That's a whole nother teaching, but it's a good one. Anyway, so I say, I say to God the night before I'm in bed and I'm like, well, I don't want to do this. And he says this, so he, he throws out his own fleece and yeah, exactly. Lisa. And um, he goes, if it snows tomorrow, will you do it? You guys, there is zero. There's like a negative chance of snow. It is like mid-March and the chances of snow in mid-March in Kansas are really pretty slim. It can happen, but it's really pretty slim. And yes, so it can. This felt very safe to me. <laughs> and I was like, you're on. <laughs> like, deal. <laughs> and, and at this point, I'm not. I'm oh, like, you got set up. <laughs> oh, big time. Because I'm not understanding who he is. <laughs> I am like weighing this in my own natural mind, like forgetting that he has the ability to do it any old thing he wants to. And so 
I wake up, there's no snow and there's still no chance of snow. And I'm like, ah, I'm just going to focus on my teaching. We drive, we've got a 30 minute drive to church, no snow. Uh, you guys, I, this is, it's set. Like, I am not going to have to do this. Jesus and I made a deal. (laughs) I walk into the building. I go upstairs, do what I needed to do. And I come back downstairs and we're in a storefront downtown Manhattan. And so it's nothing but windows. I come back downstairs, come into the foyer where all these windows are. And I kid you not, we are talking Colorado size snowflakes, massive snowflakes falling to the ground with the sun shining. <laughs> and I am like speechless. And and I stopped. I had stopped even considering, you know, what this was even going to look like. And I'm a very planned out person. <laughs> and, and so then I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. I actually have to do this. And um, so long story short, I followed through. I followed through. I I called him up on stage and, and I did the whole thing, whether it was good or sloppy, I don't even know. And and afterwards he was standing, he was standing right at the bottom of the stage and 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 I knew he was waiting for me and I was like, oh no. <laughs> Here we go. And um and he just simply said this, you guys. There is, I'm telling you, there is reward on the backside of obedience, no matter how terrified you are. And this is, this, this was the words that came out of his mouth. And he's like, Angie, are you a prophet? And I was like, oh my gosh. Like nobody had ever asked me that before, ever, ever. That had never been a consideration. And I was like, how do I even answer this? even know that I did answer. And he goes, only prophets anoint and like that. And and I was like, oh my God. And my heart at that point, you guys was just racing. And, and I thought, oh God, I now I like, I know what, what it is that you're up to. Like you just outed me <laughs> and like my ability to stay, you know, hidden was was gone and um and so you know there were there were things that went down at our last church that were really difficult and that was just in the the final days but um but god god raised me up in those four years like really he raised me up and and taught me how to put him on display and how to make much of him in a public way and um and and he continued to pull me out and pull me out and pull me out. But what you have to understand is like when we entered into this space, I didn't, I, I was Elijah. Like I just wanted to be hiding out in the cave. Like leave me there. You've heard me talk about my wilderness days. I was like, no, Jesus, we're fine here. Let's, let's just stay here camped out in the wilderness. I was perfectly comfortable in the wilderness. I had made my habitat with the Lord. And then finally he's like, you can stay, but I'm going <laughs> And so, and so I needed to emerge. I needed to emerge to be able to glorify him appropriately. And that's what this is all about is it, it, when we are taking position, we are learning how to glorify him appropriately in the season that he has us in. And that's why this is such an important conversation. And we can point to multiple people in scripture that 
abdicated their position, forfeited their position. Saul, you don't even have to go into detail. God gave him a very clear assignment. He did it his way. He abdicated his position as king, right? And um, Ephraim, Ephraim takes on a blessing that wasn't even his. He is just a grandson. He is not even remotely close to being in line for the 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 majority of the blessing that was handed to him by Israel. He forfeited his position because he wasn't obedient. He didn't do what it was that he was told to do by Joshua. Um, Ananias and Sapphira, who knows what it was that God was going to use them for? They gave up their position. We know that Judas gave up his position because of what he did. Um, the story of Achan in the book of Joshua, when they go in to, um, to plunder Jericho, he gave up his position by taking something that wasn't his, belonged in the Lord's house. These little instructions that we think are optional are indeed not optional. And, and I think that we get ourselves in, because I think most of us can even read these stories and be like, yeah, well, what's the big deal? Like we, we, we think through unsanctified compassion and, and think like Saul, he didn't kill all the people. That's he's cause he's, he was just compassionate. Right? No, he was disobedient. And we need to call things that are evil, evil, right? Like God did, was not pleased with his actions there. And then we've got the story of um, Esther. You know, she is put into a high level position as a very young person. And Mordecai, her uncle, calls her out like, don't you dare give up your position, right? And he, and he says in there, it's not even the, for such a time as this, it's the, if you refuse to take your position, God will raise up another. And that's what I'm wondering. How many of us would be extraordinarily offended when God, God raises up another because we refuse to stand in our position fully and wholly? Is that what it's going to take for some of us to uh, to be shaken out of out of sleep to to be, you know, is that what it's going to take to, to you know, smack some of us around to, to say, oh, oh, whoa, wait, what's going on? Mm-hmm. I thought I was called to that. Well, you know, you can say yes, but without the follow through, God is going to raise up somebody else. His his words are not going to return void. So what he he speaks that's going to happen that's going to happen if he's calling you to to be the one that that he works through to do that then then follow through with it because somebody else will come along to do that and for me i just feel like man i would be crushed mm-hmm. if if i didn't do what God was asking me to do and had to watch somebody else come in to do that because I was unwilling or um, grumbling or complaining about it or, or trying to compare myself to somebody else because that doesn't work either. Right. Comparison is going to, is you might as well just be complaining about it. If you're comparing yourself to someone else. Yeah. And it, it is, 
absolutely crushing to to your your spirit if if you're gonna have to watch that and and who knows what decisions you're gonna make on the back side of that is it gonna is it gonna push you back into holy spirit back into god to to say ah i, I miss this one but i'm not gonna miss the next one and, and and be used in something else or is it gonna or is it gonna drive you away into the wilderness to right. to camp there and, and just be barren for mm -hmm. for the rest of your days yeah we don't want to do that and mm -hmm. we don't want to to be in disobedience and amory i think we can look at a, a, the opposite side of of that and look at obedience your comment i think isaac showed bravery by letting his dad put him on the altar yes he showed bravery he he didn't run away uh, when, when the, the the writings on the wall so to speak of what is about to happen however Abraham trusted God to provide uh, um, a sacrifice. He trusted God more than he trusted I Isaac's bravery. He trusted God's strength because he still tied Isaac up before placing him on the altar. And, and so I, I think there is a level of obedience there to say, I I'm not willing to risk the, the, the sacrifice getting loose uh, to, to, uh, have any any semblance of disobedience here so he tied him up and put him on the altar yeah bravery on uh, on the part of isaac yes because he didn't try to get away bravery on the part of abraham it, in obedience we can look at at numerous numerous examples of disobedience uh, uh but i think it's just as important to look at at the examples of obedience um and and know okay this is this is what right looks like mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh uh just just using the analogy of of like um secret service agents they they deal with counterfeit money and things like that and that's one of the jobs we forget about that they have and how they learn to recognize counterfeits is by being so intimately connected with the real mm -hmm. what does the real feel like and i think this is one of those those moments if we aren't in uh daily in that moment to moment intimacy with Jesus, it's going to be harder to recognize the real. It's going to be uh, harder to get through the debris and offense that is stirred up in, in various things. It's going to be harder to get through the offense that we create in our own minds for things that haven't even happened. Actually, I find this stuff presented to me all the time. This this uh, offense uh, that that I'm I'm feeling is from something that doesn't e that hasn't even happened. It's something that maybe could happen, but my response doesn't have to be offense, right? A and and how many times have we let that cause division, cause a break in oneness with with each other? over something that that exists only in our minds in, in the, the the separation that that exists only in our minds and i know i i feel like i'm getting off topic here about position but i think this is all relevant to be able to say that um i'm not going to give up my position my my intimate connection that i have with jesus strengthens my resolve 
to stay committed regardless of what is is coming at me regardless of what is being presented to me and and as a choice that I can make I, I can choose to to focus on Jesus I, I can choose to remain in oneness with him remain in oneness with the people around me and, and to to seek opportunities and seize opportunities that are presented to to further the kingdom to to say that that I have a responsibility in the role as ambassador and um, as, as, as the role of uh, apostle that I'm still trying to figure out, but I don't understand it, but owning it. And, and so um, I'm not going to give that up. I'm not going to abdicate that. There is a responsibility there. And so I want to lay, lay hold of that and, and continue to push and push regardless of what comes up. Uh, because, you know, you've talked about it uh, recently, and I think you talked about it last Friday. There's been things coming up lately, and and they are things that we need to be looking at in the foundations of our past. Those markers, I think you called it. Yeah. Uh, and, and these are things that are kind of come up, but there's a reason they're coming up because they're, they're, they're not always things that are being thrown at you by the enemy. Sometimes God's bringing these things up because there's a point uh, uh, of healing that needs to take place. Yeah. And he wants you to see where he was at in that, in that event or, or, or whatever it was that happened. And so intimacy, I, I, I'm, I'm always taking it back to that, that time you're spending with Jesus. What, what does that look like? Does it just look like you're, you're bringing uh, needs and wants to him all the time? Because he knows what those are. Yeah. What, what are you uh, uh, cultivating um, that relationship? Just just communing with him, just sitting and, and existing, being like John the Beloved and just laying your head on his chest, listening to his heart. I, I think without that, we are are ripe to give up position yeah, and, and be uh, susceptible to, to even the smallest of attacks where we can get off on grumbling and complaining about something or someone. And, mm-hmm. and we just can't get caught up in that. Yeah. Yeah. And in proximity with the Lord matters. I, I love, you know, the comment about the evidence of intimacy with God. That's what we need. And, and you can tell when, when there's a lack of evidence of intimacy with people because they start to slip and excuses begin to arise and, and position is indeed forfeited. And the thing is, is like, if you're going to leave your position wide open, then you're, you're giving every reason to find a replacement, to raise up a replacement. And the thing is, is you guys, it is not easy to have to stand in the role of Mordecai. Can we say it like that? That is, that is not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to, to be the one who's responsible to make sure that the, that the positions are indeed being fulfilled. And, And the thing is, is like, we know full well that his word will not return to him empty and it shouldn't. This should be like our passion. 
I want to return every word that he releases over us voluptuous. I want it to be overflowing. I want it to be like a really solid drink for the Lord, you know, and, and we don't keep that on the forefront of our mind. We, we really do consider obedience optional. And, and so, you know, when, when Mordecai is saying, if you persist in silence, we need to consider what does silence on our end look like? What, what is it that has our attention that is pulling us away from standing in that space and, and holding it? It's, it's our responsibility to fulfill the word of the Lord to the, the best and beyond, honestly, of our ability, because we need the strength of Holy Spirit to even help us do that. But I don't want any of us to persist in silence, which means we have to put all of the excuses in the fire. They've got to go. All of the excuses right now, we are falling for everything. Every little tinge of pain, every fallen thought. And, and, and this is why, this is why we're told to take every thought captive. Every thought, not just the negative ones, every thought, because it needs to funnel through the mind of Christ to know whether or not it's going to stand, right? Like our thoughts are, are actually what empower us to be able to hold a line. And, and if we're going to let anything come crashing in, no wonder we're giving up space. And, and we know full well that Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but it is the violent ones that are going to lay hold of it. What does that mean? It's the violent ones that are going to hold the line. It's the violent ones who are going to spread wide his kingdom. It's the violent ones who are going to throw down every thought that doesn't belong in that moment. Every thought. We have a job to do, and if we're not going to take it more seriously, he will raise up another. And I promise you that will hurt. It will hurt more than whatever it is that you're yielding to right now. You don't want to miss out on what it is that he is doing right now. Don't forfeit your position. Ask him, how do I stand more fully in this? And then just follow through. Follow through with what he's saying. Throw everything else off. Everything else off. There will be probably 150 reasons not to. But right now we are in a season of being retrained and obedience is definitely a big thing right now. Are you going to obey no matter what? Because you need to ask yourself, whose voice am I obeying when I'm abdicating position? I don't know. Vince, do something apostolic. <laughs> I, I will say this. In, in the, the God raising up somebody else and, and, and that, that hurt that's going to come with that because it is going to hurt. Wouldn't it be more fun to be a part of raising up the next generation of mm-hmm. people that are going to re- replace you? Because 
in that, you know that it, when somebody's raised up to take this position from me and, and I've been faithful and obedient here, God has something else for me. Yeah. God is going to use me to impact further, reach wider than what I am right now. So wouldn't it be more fun to, to step into that assignment as well? Mm-hmm. Because that is absolutely a part of, of everyone's calling is to uh, disciple the nations, is to equip and raise up that next generation or multiple generations, yeah. whatever that looks like. But I, I think that would be far more, far more fun uh, and and exciting and uh, rewarding to step into to your position and then be a part of raising up those that are going to replace you. Mm-hmm. Not watching somebody raised up in spite of right. what it is you're not doing. Right. That's good. Pray for us. Father, we thank you so much for opportunity that you give us. We thank you for the choice to to be obedient, to be joyful, to worship you in the face of, of every trial and difficulty that comes our way. We, we, we thank you so much for, for the calling you've given us to, to be ambassadors of the kingdom. We thank you for that role. And I ask that you would cause each of us to to rise up, to accept responsibility, to say yes, and then draw us into the follow through. I'm excited to see what it looks like for this body that I am a part of, that I share in oneness with to see it say yes, and then to actually take action inside of that, Mm. to follow through with that. I'm excited to see the impact on the world. And the, 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 the world is ready for it. There is great opportunity right now presented to us everywhere we turn. Give us courage and boldness to to do it uh, without being scared, knowing you've gone before us. Yeah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Guys, thanks for joining us this morning, and I just bless your weekend. Hope that it is sunshiny and phenomenal. Just a reminder, we will not be broadcasting live at all next week, and um, and we have made the decision not to broadcast the conference live um, next week, and I will tell you this, that if you are wanting to come to the conference, today is the last day to book a room at the Holiday Inn Express at the discounted block rate. So um, 
that that that's the last push, the last push for you to to come and and join us. Yes, Anne Marie, we are recording it and we'll make it available after after the fact. And um, so, anyway, be praying for us because we appreciate that, and we will talk to you all soon. Bye.